the University of Adversity, where the only rules of the class is to hold your head up high and keep moving forward. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And now, here's your host, Lance Ecos. And we're back. What's happening, everybody? Welcome. Today's guest has accomplished a lot in his life already. He's in his mid-20s. He's wrote, written multiple books, had multiple businesses. He's just doing really well. He's a true serial entrepreneur. I had the pleasure to sit down with him and chat. I also had the pleasure of being on his podcast, Project Egg, which is really, um, I really enjoyed it. He keeps it raw, unedited, and he does it live, which is really cool. Um, which is something that I had thought about doing for our University of Adversity too at some point. But we, we, we talked a lot on when I was on his show and you know I wanted to get him on mine and I wanted to hear his story. So we went into it. We go pretty deep into his story. He gets, you know, he, he explains it thoroughly and it's quite interesting, his journey. And, you know, he's realized the value in growth over time things change you you change as a person and he's kind of evolved into the next level of himself so but there's no doubt he's a serial entrepreneur and he is doing amazing things and he's going to continue to do that and we're going to continue to make impact and i'm super grateful to have connected with him so this is a little bit of a longer one but i suggest putting it on the background listening he drops a lot of good golden nuggets in this. He drops a lot of good value and he goes deep into his story. And I think you're going to get a lot of value for it. So from it. So anyways, guys, enjoy the show, subscribe, leave us a review, all that good stuff, help this thing grow. And again, I appreciate you. Enjoy the show guys. Ben, what's up, brother? Welcome to the show, man. Thank you so, so much, Lance. It is a pleasure and honor to be here. Bro, I'm super excited to connect with you again. Um, I was just on your show, Project Egg. Such an awesome podcast. And we dove deep. We had, it was an amazing conversation. What I really liked is that it was live too, because we, we got to dive in and it kind of keeps, gets you in the hot seat. So um, um, thank you so much for coming and joining us on University of Adversity, man. Well, thank you so much for having me. And uh, man, it is such an honor to, to be able to connect with you again, man. Thank you. For sure, brother. Well, let's um, let's start from the beginning, man. Let's l- let everybody know about you, man. I want to hear about your story and you know, kind of how you got to where you are today. You want the long version or the condensed version? I want I want the version that comes from your soul. All right. So I was born in uh, born and raised in New Orleans, Louisiana. Still, still, I'm here today. Uh, I think a recurrent theme through my story is probably being you know one of the luckiest people on the planet yeah um and i truly feel like you know i i hit the life's jackpot because um of the family that i was born into i mean i am so tremendously grateful uh for my parents for my for my grandparents on both sides um and you know everything really stems from for me uh, from a love of family and a very strong um, cultural Jewish background of, you know, I was immersed in, in Judaism from the day I was born. Uh, 
Mm. And um, so, so it's really this, this sense of family, the sense of Judaism. Uh, and then I've always had an, an innate sense of really wanting to achieve and just, just having like an unquenchable thirst or, or, a you know, an unsatisfiable hunger to just do things and to achieve and to be the best and to win. And so growing up, how that manifested itself was, uh, you know, I played a lot of video games. I just, I always wanted to be the best. I, I would like look up all the different strategy guides and, uh, you know, figure out like the absolute best combination of things to do. Um, and I love competing with other people and I, and I played sports too. I played tennis growing up. Um, later I would, I would actually represent, uh, New Orleans and the Jewish Olympics in, uh, in, in tennis within the United States. And, you know, so I grew up at 13. Uh, this is a very pivotal time for all, um, Jewish kids, but, uh, for me, especially was my bar mitzvah. Uh, and, and for those who aren't familiar, it's kind of like your, your coming of age, your rite of passage in, in the, the Jewish faith. And what happens is, is you lead the service on a Saturday morning. And that includes um, reading from the prayer book and leading the congregation service. It includes reading the Torah um, and, and preparing a talk. And so what's difficult about reading the Torah is that when you read it directly from the scroll, um, it's like trying to read without vowels, right? So it's really, really hard. And so I had to study for a year to do my entire uh, portion. They call it Torah portions, right? So I had to prepare for a year. And I just remember that feeling of being up there. And having spent so much time to prepare and to learn to grow, I mean, every single week I had to I had to meet with my teacher, and throughout the week I had to study and prepare for the next week's meeting. And through that uh, that adventure, that experience, I really learned the power of hard work, of dedication, of taking a long term approach, and really investing in. Um, in, in myself and, and investing for the long term, right? So all these things started to come up at, at a really young age. Um, but, but that day, that day, early November um, was, was, was the day. Um, it was just, it was awesome, dude. It was, it was unimaginably cool being 13, standing up there and, you know, having just completed my tour portion uh, which is all in Hebrew, and being able to then speak in English to all my friends and family. I mean, it was it was crazy. So, uh, you know, then I, I went on to to high school, and in high school, that's when I really started to get into the world of extracurriculars, because I've always been a, a straight-A student. I've always, uh, you know, really loved school, and, and um, I, I pick up things very quickly, and I, and I try to work very hard. Um, to, to get good grades, but I started to, to look into um, extracurriculars. And what I realized was that I love those just as much as, as normal school. Uh, and, and by the end of high school, um, I was in, uh, I was the president of the math club, Alpha Theta. Uh, I had started the school's mock trial team. And of course was the, the captain of that. Um, 
I was part of like youth legislature. Uh, I was the vice president of my class, uh, which is which is kind of a funny story I can tell you if you'd like. Um, I was a captain of the basketball team, uh, junior and senior year. Wow. I played track. I did cross country, um, and so you know, all and, and and I actually started the school's radio show, um, also ah. called called uh, Taylor Tube. Which, because uh, we were Patrick Taylor, so we called it Taylor Tube, and um, it was like a like every Friday morning um, we would, because I was the I was the host of the show, yeah. and every Friday morning, um, you know, we would publish a new episode that we'd recorded the week before, and like I had you know a, a co-host and there was a producer and a tech guy, and it, it was so much fun. It was yeah. so much fun, and we did a really good job, you know, because there are a lot of hurricanes here in New Orleans. And so when, when one of the big ones hit, um, I actually filmed a lot of that, a lot of that event. And so like we incorporated that into the, into the news and it was just, it was so cool, man. It was so cool. And I remember being uh, cause I was a senior at that point. Um, I remember like walking through the halls and the sixth graders would be like, you're Ben from Taylor too. And I'm like, that's right. Stay at school. You know, like, <laughs> trying to be a good role model. And, uh, that was just so cool to me, and I loved that. I loved that so much, uh, and and so you know, I always tried to excel. And you know, for example, in the uh, in in Muafa Theta, when I was president of the math club, that when I was president, it was the first year in the history of our school that we had ever gone to state for Muafa Theta, right? And uh, on on the basketball side, I'm not sure if this is still the case, but uh, when I graduated. I was the highest scoring um, player in the school's history for basketball. And so, you know, it was just, it was fun. And I love doing those things. Um, and, you know, so, so then, I, then I went to college. And at first I thought that I was going to be a doctor because my uncle um, is, uh, he's, he's a doctor. He's a, a physician. He's one of the, one of the top doctors in, in, uh, in, in all of Texas and arguably the United States. And so I was like, I want to be like my uncle. And cause he's also, uh, he's also my godfather. And so, um, you know, I started down a path of pre-med biology and what I quickly realized was that, um, when it comes to, uh, when it comes to like blood and, and that stuff, I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of a wuss. Uh, and I realized that because uh, I was watching this knee arthroscopy, right? Which yeah. is a basic, basic surgery, nothing bad, nothing big at all. Yeah. Well, the first thing that they did, I was in there watching this. The first thing they do is they take, they took this needle and they stuck it in, in the knee <laughs> and this goose starts shooting out on the floor and I'm just like, Oh, just horrified over in the corner. Wow. And then like they're, they're going through using all their instruments and whatnot. And, and then they're like, you know, they finish up and they sew back up the knee like, all right, time for lunch. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. I can barely keep down breakfast. Don't even start to talk about lunch right now. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember that when we had to cut open an eyeball in biology whoa. and the stuff squirted out. <laughs> I remember that, man. It was like, it was the craziest thing I've ever really experienced as far as like a real thing, cutting <laughs> open a real thing. Yeah. But it's, it's bizarre, man. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, sorry to cut you off there, man. I just, uh, man, I remember that just so, I remember the thing just squirting up and it was like, oh man, 
<laughs> it's like, no, I yeah. want any part of that. So, yeah. so, so I switched to finance mm. and I figured if I'm seeing blood in finance, I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I'd also been investing since the ninth grade. Um, and that was something that I just kind of kept up and I've been developing my investment philosophy um, over time. And so, you know, now we're in just to, to have a, a timeline here. Uh, we're now sophomore year, which is 2014. And in that fall of 2014, I got two phone calls that would forever change my life. Uh, the first was with my roommate. He called and said, hey, uh, can you help me sell t-shirts? I was like, sure, why not? And the second was from my dad, who is uh, an attorney in New Orleans. And he said, hey, I want you to be uh, my social media intern this summer. And so at that point, it clicked. Like the light bulb moment went off. I was like, oh. And so I told them both, I'll absolutely help you out. But don't hire me. Hire my company. And it just, it dawned on me that it's really not that difficult to start a company. I mean, like you can go on some website with your state or your country or wherever you are, and more likely than not, at least in North America, um, you can just probably pay like a hundred bucks and then you can actually have a, a legally registered company. And so what I realized was, is that it's a very low investment very small investment. Uh, and by the end of, you know, at, at the end of college, cause I was still thinking I'm going to go get a job. I was like, what I can say to potential employers is I'm the actual CEO of an actual company. And I thought that was the coolest thing. I was like, the worst thing that can happen is I lose a couple hundred dollars and I learn a lot. Mm. So that's what happened. And so I started Gothard enterprises, uh, December 19th of 2014. And I started to, uh, handle their social media account to start to learn about that. Uh, and then in January, because I was a finance major, uh, I and I was uh, good friends with the, the director of the department. Um, a great, great, great guy. Um, very great leader. And so I spoke to him and I was like, hey, I would love to manage the, the LSU Department of Finance's social media. He's like, have at it. Um, and we figured out a way that he could pay me um, by, you know, as, because I was, I would be a student worker. So he could pay me, but it wouldn't technically be my company, but he would still be paying me. And so it'd be a really good experience. So that was awesome, right? That was amazingly cool. So I started doing that, started learning more. Uh, and then it actually took me until about October of 2015 to get my very first paying client through my company. And the disconnect was I was trying to just like go out and do the thing. Like I was trying to like manage social media, but I didn't really put it in terms of a product. Like I didn't think of, okay, well, what am I actually going to sell? You know, like, like managing people's social media accounts is good, but you have to have something tangible that's like, okay, I, am, I can promise you that you're going to get X, Y, Z if you pay me money. And so it clicked finally in like September and I was like, okay, I need to sell management in the form of number of posts per week. 
for whatever reason, that's what I decided on. And so I was like, okay, two posts per week, one platform, $400. That's, that's what I'm doing. And so I made my first sale in, uh, in October, 2015. And uh, I was a check for $800. And that was one of the most insanely cool days of my life. I mean, I immediately, immediately, because it was in New Orleans, I immediately drove down to my dad's office and I was like, dad, you're never going to believe this. Look at this. And that was just one of the most amazing moments of my life. Because I was like, I went and talked to somebody who is this amazing human being and has been an incredible mentor to me. And he is now paying me based on the words that I have spoken to him. And it was just like, it was an unbelievable experience. And I'll never forget uh, when I brought the check to my dad, you know, I was so proud and happy. Um, he, he reached under his desk. And I didn't even know this was there. He reached under his desk. He brought out a bottle of Johnny Walker Black. And, I, and he poured two little shot glasses and we cheers it. And that was one of the most meaningful, like it was the perfect response to to what had happened right and um, my dad and I are very very close Uh, somebody you know like I mentioned you know I have the greatest parents in the world Um, you know I'm also very lucky to be very close with them yeah and so that was very meaningful to me so kept going kept going kept getting more clients and so by the time I was a junior in college I was I was cranking out a full-time income I mean I was I was making good money as a college student I was like all right this is pretty sweet um, and so what I didn't realize was, was that my, you know, my business was growing, but I wasn't growing enough to be able to sustain that success at that time in that particular right. way. And I think it's hard unless you've been through it and you made the mistakes, it's hard to really see how you can self-sabotage. It's like, Oh, you're making this money and you're doing good, how could you possibly mess? Like, why would you mess that up? How could you possibly mess that up? And I think it was a function of a lack of leadership skills, um, a lack of not belief. I always believed in myself, but, but a lack of leadership skills. Um, I went through a, uh, kind of, a a rough patch with, um, I was probably partying a bit too much in college. As we do, uh, as people yeah. do. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and, and so it was, you know, it, it was just kind of a few different things came together. But what I tried to do was, and I tried this all at the same time, which is not smart. I tried to party more. I tried to expand my service offering outside of management into, because management is like, you can make a promise and deliver on that promise every time without a doubt. And, and it's, it, that's selling the shovel because you're not, it's not performance that they're paying for. It's, it's a service. Like you can save them time. And so that's a very clear value add and very clear exchange. But then I tried to get into Facebook ads and that's very much uh, performance based. And I didn't know what I was doing. I just thought, oh, people need leads. Let me try to do that. Yeah. And so I tried to expand my service offering at the same time. Um, I had brought in one person to to work with me and he and I were a great team. Danny is the man, right? And and we were a great team and we were killing it. We were slaying it. Um, we made a ton of money together. 
And I was like, okay, this is great. This is like a dream come true. I can go and get the business. Danny can manage the account and then we're good to go. Everybody wins. He gets paid. I get paid. They get the service. It's done well. And it was, it was awesome. Right. So I was like, okay, if it's working with Danny and it's working with the service, let me just massively expand. Right. And like that inner drive, that inner hunger of like, let me just, you know, let me just keep going. Um, Looking back, if I would have channeled that into getting more clients doing the same exact thing, just the same thing, not, not try to get fancy, not try to be sexy, not try to just focus on that one thing and just gotten a billion clients in that one super specific vertical. Oh man, I don't, I don't even know what would, where, where, uh, what would be happening today in my life. But anyways, it's all, uh, you know, learning, learning opportunity. So yeah. I then went to two services and eight people on the team in a matter of like two months. And that was just like awful, dude. It, it was awful. Like I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to manage people. There was just like rambunctious behavior throughout the company at that point. And I was partying. So it was hard for me to justify discipline. And that was just so toxic and unhealthy. Mm. And I, I was self-sabotaging, right? I, like I, I took on too much and I wasn't feeding myself, nurturing myself, bringing myself to a higher level. I didn't pick the right people to be on the team. Um, and so I, I really let my whole team down. And the business imploded on itself at that point. And it went from like one person on the team to eight people to two people to three. It, it, it was just a weird time. Um, and in the meantime, um, I had gotten into, uh, into, into this mindset of I want passive income, right? Like I had learned what that, what that meant, but those two little words were you hear it a lot you hear it a lot and it's uh yeah very powerful very powerful words right so started learning about that and i um ironically enough i was actually watching a video uh with a preacher and he was talking about adding more source of passive income he said you can publish an ebook and you're good to go like you it, it could just sell for you publish it on amazon it's like okay I was good at writing essays in college. I love writing. Yeah, let's rock and roll. I'll write a little ebook. I'll put it up there, make a zillions of dollars. It'll be great. So I started writing. I was like, well, what do I actually know anything about? You know, I'm, I'm uh, 20 years old at this point. And I was like, okay, well, I'm chasing my dreams. Let me talk about that. So I started writing, started writing. It went from a little ebook into a year-long passion project, turned into my first book, uh, CEO at 20, A Little Book for Big Dreams. And that was published on July 3rd of 2016. And the day that it was published, I'll always remember this, um, I was in California at the time. I was was visiting uh, some family there. And I remember emailing my mom and calling her at the same time. She's not very technologically uh, advanced. So I was like, mom, 
because I hadn't told anybody that I was doing this, by the way. I'd, I'd asked my dad because I wanted to get his help editing it. But yeah. that was it. Uh, and I was like, Mom, can you please go to your email and click the link that I sent you? So she went in, she clicked it. And there's silence. And then I hear, oh, my God, did you write a book? And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, classic, the classic mom <laughs> yeah. yeah and so like that that was so like special it was yeah, so cool. special and so yeah. meaningful and so you know the next five days after that i messaged every single person that i've ever met in my entire life and i was like hey just wrote this book i massively appreciate your support um can you please leave a review on amazon that was that was the uh, the pitch if you will and within five days, I quickly ran out of contacts because I hadn't been building a network or, or anything. And I realized I need to know more people. And so what pop, the idea that popped into my mind was, let me start a Facebook group of, because I was like, I need to build my own marketplace, right? So let me start a Facebook group. And I'll invite a bunch of entrepreneurs and we can brainstorm and talk about our problems and I'll listen to those problems and then I'll write ways to solve them. And that, and then I'll sell my books to the people in the group. And so that is actually how Project Egg got started. Ah. The EGG stands for Entrepreneurs Gathering for Growth. And at first it was a Facebook group. So I started asking people, hey, do you want to be part of this group? It'll be sweet. We'll brainstorm, collaborate, uh, solve problems. And people started saying, yeah. And so a couple hundred people got in the group. It was awesome. It was super cool. And uh, what I realized was that the people in the group were these incredible people who had so much more knowledge and wisdom than I did at the time. And I started to interview them. I was like, well, let me just ask them. I don't need to be writing the books to solve their problems. I kept writing because I, I fell in love with it. But yeah. it's like, let me just interview people and it'll be sweet. And so I started interviewing people. And on July 27th of 2016, so 24 days after the book launched uh, and 19 days after the uh, group was started, I published my very first interview um, with this gentleman by the name of Jeremy Cologne, who donated a kidney to save his father's life changed his world and he's now since become an entrepreneur totally killing it but anyway started interviewing these people i started interviewing some really really cool people and dude in the beginning it was so unsophisticated like today i have lights cameras microphones headphones like i've taken a lot of time to craft this studio and i've brought in professionals to help me set everything up but back back then it was like it was like my apple uh, earplugs or ear earphones <laughs> with a little microphone there and Skype. And, and I was way too scared to get onto the video. Yeah. <laughs> so I just did Skype audio. <laughs> and so I just started doing it. That's classic. <laughs> so just, just started doing it and, and yeah. it was amazing and it started to become much more meaningful. So, so just, that was 2016 or where, when was that? When did you, when did you start that? So the, I started at 2016. Right? Oh wow! So you, yeah, that's that was still the big. That was like the beginning of. It was the every, beginning. Yeah, it was the beginning, and so, you know, fast forward then uh, until 
2017 and, I, and I'm now in my senior year. And at this point, I still have my agency going. Um, I'm still writing books. I've since published uh, over 10 books. Wow. Um, I'm really? Doing- That's amazing, dude. Good yeah. for you. 10 Thanks. books? Mm-hmm. Oh, you're so modest, bro. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I didn't even know that, man. That's awesome. I, like, that's, that's incredible. Anyways, keep going. Yeah, so doing, doing the interviews, yeah. um, uh, I actually, one of the things I realized was building you know, a network of people, um, you, get to, you get to meet some really cool people. And so I started to interview some of the people that I really looked up to. So when, when in the book space, I really started falling in love with the idea of self-publishing. And so you know that so i started to reach out to the people that i was learning from on youtube and stuff so uh you know one of those people ended up uh starting i started an e-com store with and so i had an so i had my e so i had agency books interviews e-com store uh with some of my friends from high school i actually launched a music festival in new orleans called finals fest and the whole idea behind that was finals are whatever time they are two weeks before finals that's when people have to buckle down and study but two weeks and one day before finals that's when everybody parties hard before they have to buckle down yeah and so that's when we placed our music festival we call it finals fest and it was the last hurrah before finals and so in new orleans we have really talented local musicians so we started bringing local musicians together uh, local artists we got um local nerds i say that lovingly because i'm a huge nerd local nerds to come set up like video games for the people uh and of course we recruited our moms to <laughs> help us sell food and so we made t-shirts we made guitar picks we made flyers we did everything it was amazing and we pulled it off three semesters in a row every you know two weeks in a day before finals was finals fest and it was amazing and people came um, and you know, I started live streaming some of them. It was just, it was a, an incredible experience. And so, doing all those things, um, and then in addition to that, um, you know, I, I spent some time uh, learning uh, how to code just a little bit. Uh, but but working in in a startup where we were trying to build a trading algorithm, mm. and so I did that for a little while, um, and. All at this point, all the things that are going on um, are on top of school and partying, and every once in a while trying to sleep. Yeah. And so I was just going nuts, dude. Like I was going crazy. There was so much going on. Um, there were a lot of really unhealthy behaviors that I that I started to uh, to participate in. Um, and so what I what I realized was. Said so that's not a sustainable way to live. That's not a sustainable way to live at all. And so uh, I decided I'm going to stop almost everything that I'm doing. And I'm going to focus on one thing. And so um, I closed down my agency. Again, big mistake. Cut off the money supply, which was just... It was, it was, it was already like decreasing, but then I cut it off completely and I had like 10 clients. I should have, I should have brought in a management team and, and let that run in and of itself, but you live and you learn. Yeah. Um, I stopped publishing books. Um, 
I, uh, I, I stopped doing any more music festivals. I closed down my e-com store um, and, and I significantly cut down on my partying. Um, actually it's, so it's July 24th, 2019, as of the recording of this, um, I stopped drinking alcohol completely, uh, August of 2017. So good for you. So completely. Um, thank you very much. And so, uh, I really focused on project egg, right? What just so happens, um, that I had to get surgery on my knee. Um, actually, no, no, I take that back. I had to get surgery on my shoulder. Uh, and I've actually had surgery. I had surgery on my knee the year before. Uh, but, but, uh, the end of 2017, early 2018 was when I got my shoulder surgery. And that was, that was a game changer, man. I'll tell you, because I've always been like very physically active. Like I love basketball. So I've always played basketball and gone hiking and, you know, to do the show, you have to have like both arms to be able to like do your thing. So, um, so right when I, so I graduated at the end of 2017 also. So I graduated, I quit all the other things and I was like, okay, I'm going to focus on my show. And then I had the surgery and it was like, I can't do the show right now. Like I have to focus on getting my shoulder better recovering. And so I focused on that and it's like a six month recovery time. Yeah. And so that was like really hard to not participate in my own show where that I loved so much and these interviews that I loved so, so much. Um, and so that was, re- it was really painful, but I was like, I just, I have to focus. Like I have to just um, focus on this one thing. So, I probably put Project Egg on pause for, um, uh, for probably about six months, huh. and only did a couple interviews that that I had been nurturing, you know, before. And so, in the summer of 2017, uh, I'm sorry, the summer of 2018, uh, I I recovered. I'd taken the time to do it right, um, and I went to Colorado. And I hiked Pikes Peak, which is, you know, 14,000 foot mountain, one of the tallest in the United States. And that really, that was a powerful moment for me because it really helped me get back into who I was Mm. because there were a lot of like a lot of bad feelings that were coming about because I couldn't really do anything because of my shoulder and I'm always very active. And so like that, it just, it was awful, dude. Like, um, it was just, it was, it was a very, I don't want to say, I don't want to say depressed because I don't think that I was that, but I was just very sad. I was just yeah. really sad and I kind of lost my identity and I didn't know who I was. Um, and a lot of it was tied to not being able to do the things that I loved. And so, you know, being able to go out and hike and be in nature and like, it it reaffirmed for me one i do know who i am now i'm somebody that's constantly learning constantly growing constantly striving for that achievement um and you know it's so and 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 also um, it reaffirmed that anything that we set our minds to and that we really focus on and we take the long-term approach to 
solving that problem to getting to where we want to go, it reaffirmed that almost anything on this planet is possible. I mean, you know, it's, it's hard to like flap your arms hard enough to fly. So I guess for some physical things, you know, that's just not possible, but for almost everything else, yeah, anything that we set our mind to and that we be, you know, just laser focused and we put every fiber of our being the full force of ourselves into, we can do it. Right. Yeah. And so that was a, like a 13.7 mile hike and one way straight up. And it took me nine and a half hours to do that. Wow. But at the top, Oh man, it was very similar to the, to the feeling of, uh, of, of the bar mitzvah. Very yeah. similar to that feeling. And so I came back and man, I was fired up. I was fired up. So uh, I restarted the podcast or continued the podcast rather. I decided to get serious about it. Yeah. And so I built a team. I'm very grateful for my team members today. Um, I started to like rapid fire do interviews. You know, I'm doing um, between one to two a day on during weekdays. Uh, I started to live stream, um, really got my website cleaned up, uh, fi fixed up. Um, and so I built, I built the, the machine, the system to where what I can do or what, what I do now is I focus on building relationships, right? And so as I was making the, the decision to really commit to my podcast, it clicked in my mind what like who I, who I really was and, and what I was really good at. Right. Because yeah. this whole time, if you kind of notice we're different things, a lot of, a lot of different things. And so I realized that what I'm really, really passionate about and what I think I'm the best at is building relationships with people and working with people. Yeah. And I love people. And so I'm fascinated by people's stories. And so when that happened, when that clicked, it opened up this world of opportunity, this world of opportunity where I started to see how people could work together. And I started really focusing on building my network. Um, and, you know, since then I've, I've published over 200 episodes. Um, I'm sorry, in, in total, I published over Good 200 you, yeah. episodes. Um, I, I'd say probably 60 60 to 75% of the total number of episodes on the show have been published in 2019. I mean, in 2019, I published significantly more than any of than all of the years previously combined. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the show started to pick up traction, started to get more listeners, started to reach different countries that, you know, I mean, now I have listeners in over 50 countries. Right. I mean, that's just, that blows my mind. Um, do you think that comes from going live? Like, does that, that the 50 countries that's yeah. just on the, on the podcast part, just the audio. Right. I don't even know with the video there. there it's okay. really hard to, to even tell. So I'm sure it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's comparable, but, yeah. but I don't even know. Cause right. we had talked about this and I haven't implemented that, but it's something that I really want to do as well as go live with it because I think the reach and I, I think it's a great idea. So I think what you're doing and how it's growing, I think you're doing all the right things for sure. Well, I appreciate that. And, and going live is pretty sweet. It, yeah. Awesome. Um, it forces you to bring your A game. Absolutely. Um, and it actually makes, like the way I do it to, to preserve the integrity of the show and, and the content, I don't edit it. 
at all, regardless of what happens. I mean, yeah. I don't care if there's like a static interruption in the show. Like it's, it's raw. It's unedited because the second I edit it, the second the integrity of the show is, is compromised. Right. And so, you know, yeah. going through, going through this process, realizing people need to be connected, realizing I have a really deep network now, realizing I see opportunities now where that, that I never saw before of being able to connect people. And I think that is a function of, of really getting clear on what I wanted, getting clear on how I wanted to go about getting what I wanted. Uh, and, and then being on that level of consciousness and then being able to recognize the opportunities that were always there, but now I was paying attention. And so I started to see uh, more and more opportunities. And so, uh, you know, so now what, what I do is I structure deals. I structure partnerships. I help people come together to create massive wealth. And by creating wealth for everybody, there's almost always an opportunity to participate in that wealth. And in addition, you know, I've, I've really rekindled my, uh, my desire to learn and to grow. Uh, so I'm, I'm reading between two to six hours a day and you know, just really trying to feed my mind and, and grow. And, um, you know, I've also realized that I do love writing and that is important to me. And so it's, it's actually kind of funny how that's manifested itself. But uh, recently I actually just published my first volume um, and it, I haven't published it in a book yet. Um, you know, it's, I think that's one of those things where there's a little bit of, a little bit of fear still that, you know, I'm, I'm sitting with and, mm. you know, I think fear is a, is a, is a gift because it shows you, you know, where that next open door is. And so, you know, I'm really trying to feel it and, and, um, you know, when it feels right, then I'm going to, then I'm going to fully publish the book. But right now it's, you know, I published it on, on my website, but, um, you know, I published my first, uh, 10 poems. And so, and I'm really embracing kind of a different side of, of writing, of being more of a poet. And, you know, it was, it's very raw. And I felt very vulnerable writing that um, and, and really conveying emotion through poetry. But it was very healing and um, very, very special to me. And so, but in addition to that, I also started to get really clear on, or even more clear on my beliefs. And, uh, really organize my thoughts and how I'm doing that the way that's manifested itself is um, I'm getting a scroll. I recognize the ironies of Jewish people, the scroll and, you know, a scroll just like a, of rolling paper where there, it goes on forever kind of, and, but there's no artificial limits to when you're writing. Right. So, right. you know, I've been picking a topic that I've been thinking about, or it's been on my mind and I've really just wanted to fully flesh out my thoughts and get and organize my thinking, get really clear on like, what do I actually believe and write it down. So thus far, um, you know, I've, I've written two of my philosophies down on the, the purpose of life and on balance. And once I get to, you know, a certain number, again, there's a little bit of fear there. Uh, but once I get to a certain number, I'm, I'm actually going to publish those too. And, you know, what I really believe is, 
that there is nothing distinguishable between um, you know people like you and I and people like Plato or or Homer or Lao Tzu or Confucius or Ben Franklin right there's nothing distinct we're all people yeah. we're all people and and they happen to discover profound wisdom yeah. in their lives and that has gone on to influence the way that people think thousands of years later. And so I'm not trying to say that I'm going to be the next Lao Tzu or I'm going to be the next Ben Franklin. That, that I don't think that's a, it's apples to oranges. And, um, you know, I, I would never, um, hopefully I would never be that arrogant to try to say that I'm going to be the next one of those. But um, what I do want to do is I want to share my thinking. I want to share my thoughts. I want to share my perspective. And I know that if I'm thinking about these things and I'm working through these things and, and these different uh, thoughts and ideas and philosophies that other people are, are either are doing it now or will do it in the future. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is that you'll, you'll never be like another version of them. You'll only be the version of you. Right. And that's the exactly. thing. They were never trying to be other people. They were just trying to figure it out. Right. So like, that's the thing. It's like, you, no one will ever be you. Right. And that's, that's yeah. the thing. And that's the beautiful thing is that if you just focus on the growth of you as your, you know, your areas of genius, then that's when you'll shine. Right. Yeah, totally. So that's, uh, that's pretty much the complete story that, uh, hopefully, hopefully answers your question. <laughs> I love it, man. Lots to unpack there. You've done a lot, brother. You're a serial entrepreneur. And I'm like, you know, I, I purposely liked, like, I, I like to know about the person before the show, but I don't like to go too much because I like to hear it as I go because I, it gets me excited. Right. Mm -hmm. And to hear how much you've accomplished. So where you're at like 20, how old are you now? Mid twenties? Um, 24, 24. Okay. Wow, bro. <laughs> so you kind of tapped into all the things that people are doing now early. So you, you kind of, you've learned you did the Facebook, you did the social media stuff, you did the, the publishing of the book, the podcast. You're kind of a couple years ahead of the mainstream. But I mean, we'll be saying that in a couple years too, that now was, you know, we're still in the wild, wild west as far as the growth of where things are going. But like, yeah, man, it's really, it's really cool that you've been able to accomplish so much. So definitely give yourself a pat on the back for that, man, because, you know, you've, you've, been able to claw through in the early days. So now, I mean, it's just a matter of, you know, which path do you want to take? And the podcasting is just so powerful, man. And to be able to, I know what you mean, just to be able to connect with the human beings is what's really important. It's the relationships, right? It's like, it's not about plugging your product down people's throats all the time. Like we talked about this in your show as well, about the, the importance of building the trust of just as the, on the human level. With, with anything in relationships and like that is what solidifies things from down the road for whatever opportunities and collaborations can happen. Right. So some people don't understand that man. some people don't, and it's not their fault. I guess they just haven't learned yet. And you know, they're on that part of their journey. So, um, well, I, I also think that a lot of people, I, I'd say 99.7% of people, yeah. um, take the short-term transactional approach. Uh, yeah. I mean, how many times do you get a day? How many times do you get messages that are like, hi, I am this. This oh. is what I do. 
buy my stuff. This is how much it costs. You know, like it's, it's laughable. Like it's, I'm just like the first thing, like, let's say for example, someone adds me on Facebook and then I get this copy and paste, like you need to do this. You need to go here. You need to watch this. I'm like, it's, oh. I, I laugh at it now, man. Like, it's like, they just don't get it. And unfortunately people like that don't become successful. And that's, a, I mean, that's their, they're going to have to learn that. And I immediately just go block delete. I just, I just don't have time for it. I don't want to be an asshole about it. I just say, look, eat it. Uh, I just don't have, I just don't even want to get into it. And well, it's, he, it's sad, but I mean, that's just the way it is. Well, here's the thing. The, the 0.3% of people who decide to do the exact opposite, right? So if the one extreme is short-term transactional, the total polar opposite is long-term relational, right? Right. There's far fewer people going the long-term relational route, which means it is so much easier. It's so much easier. It's like, it doesn't make sense. Like why, if you're trying to take the easy approach of just copying and pasting, instead of sending 10,000 copy and paste messages to maybe get one person to even message you back, if you instead go the route of building relationships, yeah. investing in those relationships over the long haul, over a longer period of time, you give yourself so many more options and you make life so much easier, right? And, totally. and here's why, here's why. Over time, you're able to build connection with people, okay? Yeah. You're able to build trust, to build history, to be on somebody's radar. And because of that trust, you're able to make bigger and better deals, so you can get more done, but also you have the time to think about the best way to proceed with somebody. You may meet somebody who right now you can't think of any ways to do business with them and that's okay. If you just massage that relationship and invest in that relationship, you may find five years down the road that you participate with them in a deal that is beyond your wildest dreams okay yeah. and because you're in it for the long term they can become a customer they can become a partner they can become a mentor a mentee an advisor all of the above multiple times yeah. but the only way that's possible is if you take this long-term approach and this is not something that that i invented by the way like this is this is an age-old concept yeah. And actually, I'm fired up about this right now because I'm speaking at a conference this uh, coming up pretty soon, and this is actually a huge uh, part of the part of what I'm talking about is taking this this relational approach, this long-term yeah. relational approach. This is an age-old concept. Look back to some of the wealthiest people in the history of mankind. Think back to Augustus Caesar, the very first emperor of Rome right? Because it was a republic and then it became the empire. He was the very first emperor of Rome. When he first came to power, one of the first things that he did was start building a relationship with the Roman Senate at the time because they held a lot of uh, political influence, right? So the first thing that he did was he built a relationship with them. And then his great, uh, his great uncle, Julius Caesar, who was the last uh, ruler of the republic, um, because Julius had no living legal heirs, he made Augustus his heir, right? So first of all, there's a relationship between Augustus and Julius. You're not just going to give Rome to some random stranger who slides in your DMs trying to sell you something. Right. 
no, he gave, he gave Rome to Augustus because of the relationship. But then Augustus realized that he had to also build a relationship with, with the Senate. So he had, he, he secured the, uh, the, the heir, the lineage. Then he secured the political influence. Well, that allowed him to in very early on to go and, and grab a huge amount of funds that hit, that Julius had put aside for war against the neighboring empire. But, but uh, Augustus was like, Hey, I'm just going to take some of that money. Right. He took roughly, it's hard to really estimate the, the amount, but I'd say on a very conservative level, he took roughly $350 million out of the war fund, put it in his pocket so that he could fund his, his real rise to power. Dude, the Senate looked the other way. They were cool with it because of the relationship, because of that relationship, and because they wanted to support him because they knew he was going to be friendly to them, right? Yeah. He did this multiple times throughout his rise to power. By the end of his reign, he had amassed a fortune, according to BBC, a very you know credible source, two point six personal wealth of two point six trillion dollars that's trillion with a t okay he's one of the wealthiest people in the history of mankind of humankind okay all because of relationships look at john d rockefeller okay when he was when he was coming up when he was starting to to build his empire he built relationships with the railroad companies and not only did he get the ability to know what his competitors were doing, which is, that's a huge advantage. If you had total omnipotence with, in, in regards to your competitors, imagine how much better you could operate and make decisions, right? Yeah. So not only that, but he could influence prices in different geographical areas, prices that he had to pay. He could influence those prices. That's wild. So he could raise prices if it hurts his competitors and lower prices if it helps him, mm-hmm. right? That's tremendous power, but here's the biggest one, right? And when you first hear this, you'll probably be like, that's not, that's not real. That can't be possible. Okay. But it is right. The, the, the railroad companies had to profit the same from every uh, purchase. They had to profit the same. So let's say per unit and Rockefeller's doing massive volume of units. Let's say per unit, they were charging $2 and 50 cents. Well, they wanted to then profit a dollar fifty. Let's just say those are our numbers, right? They would give Rockefeller the discount to the dollar fifty. So he would pay them a dollar fifty. So he gets a massive discount, right? But they're charging the public, everybody else, two fifty. But they can only profit that one fifty. So it's like, well, you're charging two fifty, but you can only profit one fifty. Where does that last dollar go? And again, this is for all of Rockefeller's competitors. It got paid to Rockefeller. He got paid by his competitors when they tried to compete against him. That is unreal. Yeah, wow. All because of that relationship. So it's just good business. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's just the core, just as the human, just as being a normal human being is building, getting to know the person first, right? And it's like that when you're going after the opposite sex as well. It's not like, you know, you have to get to know them first and it's just so important, but, um, I want to, so there's a few things I want to ask you that we're going to have to do a rapid fire here because I, I don't want, there's some questions that I got while I, and I want to unpack what you were talking about. Sure. Um, 
because I, you know, your story's great and I love it, man. And I, I just, I, I didn't, I made sure to make some notes. Um, so number one, how important is it now? This is kind of the same as what you were talking about. I, you, you started the Facebook group. How important is the building the community style of approach for whether it be business or the, a movement or with your podcast, you know, how important is that for the growth of your podcast and your business? That's an interesting question. And I believe that it's very important. Now, one thing that I will say is building that community is not, that's not a strength of mine at this time, right? Like that is, there are people who are way better than that at that than, than I am. Mm. But the approach that I've tried to take is to try to build relationships with the individuals mm, within okay. the community. So that I know if I'm trying to, you know, build something or, or uh, you know, trying to get something done or connect people, that I have individual relationships with those people within the community. Right. And so, to be honest with you, the, the community of people within Project Egg, you know, on, on social media, there's probably like roughly 30,000 people at this point. Awesome. that are that are part of the community um but i mean you know I've, I've been fortunate enough to be able to interview billionaires new york times best-selling authors and emmy award winners so it's yeah. like it should be way more than that but i try to have individual relationships with as many people as i can within that community and so that's really the approach that i've taken and again it's been one of the most incredible uh journeys of, of my life building these relationships um, because it's just I'll give you an example I'll give you an example one of I think the the wealthiest people in the history of mankind and I know I've said that a couple of times but I like to study those people uh, is Andrew Carnegie right his greatest disciple that we know of was Dr. Napoleon Hill who wrote Think and Grow Rich which has sold over 100 million copies as of 2015. Dr. Napoleon Hill's last living protege is a gentleman by the name of Ben Gay III. And he is my mentor. He's one of my mentors, right? So I've taken the time to build a relationship with him, to try to learn from him everything that I can, and to try to be the very best student that he's ever had. And because of that relationship, at any point, I can call him with very few exception and say, hey, can you please endorse what I'm doing? Or can you please give me a shout out? Or, hey, let's work together on this. And almost without hesitation, he'll say yes, regardless of what it is because of that relationship. So how important is community? Community is very important. To me, the relationships with the individuals within that community are way more important than the, yeah. you know, than the community in, in yeah. I think more of a traditional sense. Okay. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Who has, who has impacted you the most? Like when you go into an interview, you, I, you know, sometimes your expectations are high. Sometimes they're lower. Who really, who was, who's really impacted you and, and was like, just left you being like, wow, that was, 
that was something else. Is there any that stand out for you that are just, you know, I know we all have our kind of top three, but maybe if you could shed some light on one or two. Well, the interview where you were on the show is awesome. Oh, thanks, we, bro. We thanks. dove into some. Uh, some awesome <laughs> I appreciate stuff. it. I appreciate um, it. In addition, um, I was uh, very, very, uh, very grateful that I got to go to Miami and interview Grant Cardone in his studios. Amazing. And the interview was a lot of fun. I learned a ton. We really yeah. unpack, unpacked some good stuff. Um, but the very last question that I asked him will forever um, be burned into my mind. Yeah. I asked him, Grant, what question should I ask you or should I be asking you that I just wouldn't think to ask? I love that question. Yeah, you asked me that too. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he said, and you know, apologies if uh, this language is not encouraged. Oh, you go ahead. But he said, you should be asking me how you're fucking up. And he's like, and how you're fucking up right now is that your podcast is the biggest thing that you're doing. He said, you're never going to make any money. He said, you're never going to be the best podcaster on the planet. You're not going to be the rush, the next Rush Limbaugh. And even if you do become the top podcaster and you have the best podcast in the world, you're never going to make any money. And he's like, you have other businesses. Focus on one of them until you're making a million dollars a day. Then talk to me about a podcast. I was like, I asked for it. I appreciate your honesty. Wow. And and so it really made me think like, I have have an obligation to myself and to, to my family to grow and expand in every area of my life. You know, one of my mentors taught me that there's financial, industrial, intellectual, emotional, spiritual, relational, and physical. If we don't expand in all areas, then we're not really progressing as human beings. And financial is one of those areas. And he's really challenging me right now to think about whether or not I'm living up to my potential to really expand financially. And so that is, that was a huge um, shift of like, Grant, dude, you're right. I'm not making as much money as I, as I could be or as I should be right now. And so that is when it clicked uh, again. You know, things have to click multiple times sometimes. Yeah. Um, but that's really when not as much focusing on trying to be the best podcaster in the world, but focusing on being the best with people and focusing on on working with people and understanding people and learning from people that is uh really what cemented that belief and that change in mindset although it may seem small that has had profound uh ripple effects th- throughout my life since then yeah it's interesting at the same time you know he that's just one perspective that's grant cordo i mean he's a great guy like he's awesome i follow him i love i love the guy but at the same time, everybody's looking at life through a different lens. That's Grant Cardone's lens. That's his opinion, you know, and that's what's hard about having access to all these influencers is yes, a lot of them are super successful, but that doesn't mean that you won't be or what you know isn't valuable too, because we all started out at the same time, right? And that, that's tough because yeah, that's great information. Like that's, 
that definitely would have been like, whoa, what the fuck? But at the same time, like, you have to understand he's only human too. And that's one perspective. And yeah, man, well, that's, I don't know what I would have said to that. That's, uh, I'm really glad you told me that because that's, that's powerful. Yeah. Like, and, it's a, and, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. He is only one person and he, yeah. he's only operating from his uh, limited perspective of my life. Yeah. Um, but I think it is important to learn more about how these types of people think. 100%. He's crushing it, man. Like hundred percent. There's no doubt that he's, he's got a great family. He's, he's doing great. And you know, of course, like, absolutely, man. Absolutely. And I, I think, yeah, I mean, sometimes a good shakeup like that is, is kind of what you need. And I, I, that's somebody that I would love to chat to one day because I know he, he had a real rough past and, you know, a lot of those things, build you to who you are today. And, um, I really appreciate his story. So that's, that's awesome that, that you were able to sit down with him, man. Um, okay. So first of all, before I forget, where can everybody find you? Like, what's the, like, I want to make sure that we send them to the right place and that, you know, this is the best place to plug you in. Yeah. So if you just look for my name, um, Ben Gothard or, or, or project egg, um, uh, I'm, I'm on a lot of different channels, a lot of different platforms. So um, I would, I would suggest just kind of searching for it. And um, I, I'm never going to pitch on, on a, on a podcast or. Yeah, but you go, where, 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 um, I don't mind at all, man. Just tell them where you, whatever, whatever you want to do, brother. Like you're not, you know, it's not pitching. It's like, you know, well, the thing is a lot of value with people, brother. And you well, know what? And you, do what you need to do. <laughs> so, a thousand years from now. So again, we're in 2019, yeah, right? True. In in 3019, I don't know where my stuff's going to be. That's true. That's a good. I point. don't know, but but you can always look up my name, Ben Gothard. You can always yeah. look up uh, or search for Project Egg, and hopefully those things will still be around. Yeah. Um, so you know, to those in the three thousands, I hope you're <laughs> I hope you're having a cool life. I hope, <laughs> I hope we figured out some of the problems that we're having today. Um, I hope that, uh, I hope that we haven't messed things up for you guys and gals way later down the road, um, because that would totally be our fault. And uh, you know, y'all deserve to to get a fair shake. And hopefully, we've set you guys up for for awesomeness later on. That's a good point because I've done that. I've made that mistake. I was going to, I was in this, uh, well, just for one example, I was going to do this um, charity boxing match and I was training for it and I was talking about it in these episodes and then something happened, something personal happened in my life. I had to pull out of it. And then now the episodes all have me talking about it. And it's like, I mean, that's a different example, but I know like it it shows up and it's going to be there. So yeah, I, I, I totally get what you're saying as far as like, just go to your name and your website. I mean, it makes total sense. So um, yeah, brother, let's make sure you guys check him out. Ben Gothard, he's got amazing content. He's a serial entrepreneur. He's got books. You'd be a fool to not dive into his podcast and all his work. Um, I, dude, I really appreciate it, man. Like we could probably go three hours with this, but I want to respect your time. Um, but I have to do one down the road again because this, this was great. You got a wealth of knowledge, brother, and I truly appreciate it. Now, this is the one staple question I ask everybody. You probably know. 
what's one tip that you can give to everybody to overcome adversity, to go on to experience success in their life? I would recommend that, and I, I just want to give a little bit of context that I'm coming from a place of, um, you know, being very Jewish and having had people really hate me for who I am without knowing who I am and without meeting me without having any sort of conversation or any sort of interaction. And what I would just recommend is to take the long-term approach. Always take the long-term approach. You may get fired up because somebody says something or somebody offends you now or you know, your feelings get hurt or a belief that you hold, you've attached your identity to. So if somebody challenges that belief, you feel like they're discrediting you or they're, they're challenging you as a human and challenging your worth. It's not that important most of the time. It's not worth damaging a relationship, damaging your reputation most of the time. And so I would really highly encourage and, um, strongly recommend that you try to think about really think like what are the long-term implications of my actions how is what i'm doing today going to affect myself the people around me both family friends community how is that going to affect everybody in 10 years five years hell in five minutes like what are going to be the effects of my actions yeah. And and take the long-term approach because if you're thinking on a on a larger time horizon than everybody else, chances are you're going to be on a level of consciousness that allows you to excel in whatever you're doing. That allows you to overcome whatever adversity that you're trying to overcome. Um you know, I want to share one quick one quick example and then and then um one one small quote and yeah no go I, I mean I'm I'm fine if you got the time let's chat oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, let's, yeah, yeah. let's chat so yeah. let's think of somebody like Jeff Bezos okay what he's doing with his space company right now is and I the reason that that um, you know I'm, I'm talking about this because I was watching an interview with him where he said these words but he said he was building infrastructure for future space goers and space companies to build on top of. And he said, people like FedEx, um, like the telecommunications companies, internet companies, those different pieces of infrastructure were critical to Amazon being able to be such a success. And so he's now building his company and building infrastructure in space so other companies can build on top of him, right? That's freaking long-term thinking at its finest. That yeah. is long-term thinking at its finest, right? And so if, you're, if you are dealing with something that sucks right now, I mean, it just sucks beyond all reason and imagination, I would, I would really um, 
encourage you to think about the long term. I mean, is this going to be like this forever? Is it? Is there anything that you can do to start fixing the structural problems that have that have caused this situation? Are your actions a cause of the situation that you find yourself in? Have you put yourself there? Have you continued to dig that hole? I mean, you know, when I was when I was partying a lot in college, I dug myself into a hole. And that was totally my fault. It was yeah. absolutely my fault. And it was my responsibility to get out of that because yeah. I put myself there. I didn't realize it at the time. But then, you know, I started to figure that out, right? Yeah. And, and so if you're in a place, a bad place right now, I would challenge you to not only uh, try to think long term and try to fix the structural problems that put you there, but also to take solace in, um, in, in this quote and somebody, uh, who, who is much wiser than myself said this, uh, but, but it goes, this too shall pass. And the reason that I love that quote is because, and I'm, I'm really not a quote guy. I'm not like power to those who are, I just, I'm not a quote guy, but this one, this one has really stuck out to me my whole life. When you're down in, in, the, in, the, in the deepest depths of just unhappiness or just in a bad place, in a bad situation, you know, in the darkest of, of, of times, you can take solace and you can give yourself hope that it's not going to last forever, that there will always be something else, that that will pass. There will always be a future where that situation is not what it is today. And you can take hope in that. And that hope sometimes is all that you need to latch on to, to take yourself out of that situation and to give and empower yourself to figure out and to take action and to get out of where you are now. And on the flip side of that, on the other side, when you're on the highest of highs and you're, you're, you know, riding pretty and you're doing great and everything's just soaring upwards. I think that quote, this too shall pass really enables you to operate from a place of gratitude because you know, it's not always going to be like that. No. And, and that will pass. Yeah. And it may be 50 years from now. Or t- ten years from now, or five minutes from now, but it will pass. And and what I hope that that would enable you to do is to be grateful for the things that you have, and to recognize how truly lucky you are, and to know that there will be times when you're not as lucky, and that duality to me is very empowering. Yeah. It's very humbling and it gives you kind of a framework to know if I'm in a good spot, hope, uh, gratitude. If I'm in a bad spot, hope. And it will always give you something to, uh, to, to fall back on if you have nothing else to fall back on. That's a great quote. It's, very, it's a great perspective because 
life is one big balancing act. You know, sometimes when you're on your high horse, you'll get brought down. Sometimes when you're super low, you know, you're going to come back up. It's about keeping that equilibrium, you know, that balance. Um, I read a book. Um, somebody that's really good with talking about that is John, Dr. John Demartini. He wrote the breakthrough experience. He has a few other books, but he's, he, he talks about that. It's like, you know, the highs are, don't get too high. Don't get too low, you know, celebrate the wins, but move on because, and, and when, when shit's bad, shit's bad and just accept it. It's bad. It's going to pass. And that quote is, is, is beautiful. And something so simple as, as, as that really, really can like quantify that and make sense for people. So thank you, man. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, yeah, man, I, I, this was great having you on. Um, I really appreciate it. We went, you know, you got a lot happening and I encourage everybody to check out, um, your podcast project egg. And of course I was on there. So you guys got to go check it out. We did the reversal. It was awesome. He's got some amazing guests that, um, that really are making an impact. So make sure you check them out again, brother. I really appreciate your time and joining us on here. Well, thank you very much, Lance. I, uh, I really appreciate the time and, you know, I appreciate you creating this very open and safe space that we could talk about it and we could go deep and have a lot of fun. So thank you very much. It's only the beginning, brother. We got, you know, these, these relationships, like you said, you know, who knows what's going to happen right? Like we got, you have these conversations and, and, you know, the ripple effect, right? So it's my pleasure. It's been a pleasure, brother. All right, everybody. Love you all. Ben Gothard, everybody have an amazing day. Thanks so much, everybody. Make sure to check out Ben and check out his podcast project egg. I appreciate you. Have an amazing day. Take care. You just finished another class at the University of Adversity. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and tune in again next time for more life lessons with Lance ECOs.